And now we take you to Evangel Assembly of God in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Hello there. You're looking at the Tower of Big Ben, which is attached to the Houses of Parliament here in London. And you know, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, Paul gave us a marvelous scripture that helps us with getting direction from God. He said these words, he says, let the peace of Christ rule your heart. Let the peace of Christ rule your heart. Now think about that for a minute. That word for rule means literally, let the peace of Christ be an umpire. Right over here in the Houses of Parliament, right here, all of those involved in politics here in Great Britain, they rule this land with laws that they make. However, there is a bigger ruler, and his name is Jesus. And the Bible says, let the peace of Christ rule your heart. How do you know that God's calling you to do something? Well, you simply look inside your heart, inside your spirit, and you ask, Lord God, do I have peace about this? And if you don't have peace, then let me tell you something. You should back off. Remember these words, Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. Amen. Amen. Well, we, we, Kathy and I just had a blast on our sabbatical and had a fantastic time in England. And we'd been there a day or two when it occurred to me that I could, uh, I'd, I was studying and praying and thinking about uh, the next sermon series. And I thought, well, I could do some intros. And some of those stuff on the street was a little dicey. I mean, you're, you can't imagine all the people that are walking by in the cabs and all that's going on. But uh, anyway, that gives you just a, a little snippet of, of some of the things that we did. And it's so good to see you on this Sunday, this second Sunday in August. And we appreciate those of you that tell us your story, you give us your prayer requests. We certainly, the staff prays over all of those every week. And, and you're all invited to join us on Mondays from 12 to 1. We have intercessory prayer right here in the sanctuary. And uh, we'll be praying for those. And thank you for those of you that give us these praise reports. And I received this one this morning. It says, we're praising God for a good report from an echocardiogram that Milford had, his heart is performing at 36%. That's up from last year. Now, Brother Milford, where are you? There you are right now. Just just wave real big, let everybody see where you are. Some of you say, well, 36% isn't very good, but I'm going to tell you something. That's a whole lot better than where our brother was. In fact, they were telling us that he was getting ready to make heaven his home, and I just, Jesus is a healing Jesus. And I just extend your hands. In this direction, Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you're the glory and lifter of our head. And I thank thank you that you're the portion and the strength of our heart. You're our portion forever. And Lord, I speak life and health to Brother Milford's heart, to his cardiovascular system. God, I pray, Father, for, for, for even increased capacity. Lord, increased lung capacity and cardiovascular health and wholeness. In the name of Jesus, thank you for blessing Julie. Thank you for blessing their children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And Lord, I just speak healing to everybody in this house, from the crown of their head to the soles of your feet. Started last week a new series called His Presence, Your 
purpose. I want you to think about that sermon, that series title, His Presence, Your Purpose. See, it's one thing to be touched by God. A lot of people have a power encounter with God, but they don't learn to put a value on His presence. And His presence, 24-7, the presence of the Holy Spirit that changes us. And today I want to talk to you about the importance of peace, because it's one of the ways that God will speak to you and God will guide you. I want you to read Colossians 3.15 aloud and loudly, everyone together. Here we go, Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Here we go. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let's try it again. I want you to shout it out this time. You're a little bit more familiar with it. Let's read it together. Here we go. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let me ask you a question this morning. What rules your heart this morning what dominates your thinking remember we talked in times past about the law of focus what you focus on will direct your steps and it will direct your thinking as a man thinks in his heart so is he so what is ruling your heart today as a kid i remember at times that fear would rule my heart. One night my dad was preaching. I think he was, I think dad, you were over in Chattahoochee. You were, you, you were still selling insurance, but you were starting to evangelize and you were preaching one night at a church over there. And I stayed home with my sister and mom went with dad. And sometime that night, and I was about 12, 13, 14 years of age, some, somewhere along there. And, and, and my sister came to me. She said, Terrell, somebody's just outside my bedroom window. And I looked outside and it was dark and I couldn't see anyone. And I went back to her bedroom and I sure enough, I could hear someone who was rubbing up against our heating oil tank. Back in those days, we heated our house with oil and they would come and fill the tank. And sure enough, somebody was rattling that tank pretty good. And 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 I, so I sent Carla to another bedroom to go to sleep and I grabbed dad's shotgun and I didn't have any ammunition. But I sat in that dark bedroom, and in my mind's eye, I could see an escaped convict who was just waiting for an opportunity to break into our house because he knew mom and dad weren't home. He was a mean convict in my mind. He was gnarly. And I sat there for a couple of hours and with that shotgun across my lap and I trembled. And finally, mom and dad came home. And, you know, a couple of days later, we learned that it was the neighbor's collie who was scratching his back <laughs> on that fuel oil tank. But it allowed fear to rule my Heart. Paul says, Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. And the Greek word for rule comes from the root word that we get our English word umpire from. It means to govern. It means to arbitrate. When I played Little League Baseball, I was a pitcher, and I learned real quickly, it didn't matter if I thought I threw a strike. If the umpire called it a ball that was what it was called we didn't have instant replay you couldn't protest if I threw it and he called it a strike well you know he was doing a good job 
But if he called it a ball, he wasn't doing such a good job. But you know what? His word was final. And Paul says that the peace of God should bring finality to my spirit and your spirit, should make the final call on what opportunities we say yes to and what opportunities we say no to. And I want to share with you this morning four things about God's peace. Here we go. Number one. There's a difference between having the peace of God and having peace with God. Let me say that again. There's a difference between having the peace of God and peace with God. See, every true follower of Jesus Christ. See, a true follower of Jesus Christ is someone who has repented of their sins and they have believed the gospel. And Romans 5 verse 1 says, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. See, true followers of Christ repent and believe the gospel. Let me just sum up the gospel in five real easy to understand statements. Number one, God became a man in Christ Jesus. In other words, God stepped into this world and he humbled himself and he became a human being in the form of Jesus Christ. See, most religions, you have to work your way up and be good enough to work your way to God. But Christianity isn't about you being good enough. Christianity is not about you working your way to God. Christianity is about God coming down to you. Number two. Jesus lived the life that we should have lived because God expects all of us to live a moral life. And try as we may, we don't do it because the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have a sin nature that, that keeps us from doing all the good that we want to do and that we intend to do. But Jesus lived a morally pure life. He lived a sinless life. He did that which you and I could not do. Number three, Jesus died the death that we should have died. Jesus died because evil must be punished. And I know we live in a world where people will protest and say, no, well, they did wrong, but they're actually a victim themselves and they shouldn't be punished. Well, dear ones, if you're going to have a law and there's no consequence for breaking that law, there's no use in having the law. And Jesus Christ bore my punishment on the cross. See, I deserve death and hell. I deserve eternity separated from God and so do you. But Jesus took my place on the cross. Number four, Jesus rose from the dead. His resurrection proves that he is God. And thank the Lord that we have what the Bible calls a living hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. How can you keep a smile on your face and how can you have a hope in your heart when everything around you is falling apart? It's because you serve a God who knows his way out of the grave. Number five, what is the gospel? It's this fact that Jesus Christ offers salvation to those who will repent and believe. See, Jesus not only forgives our sins, but he cancels the penalty of our sins. And he also destroys the power of evil that would try to destroy us. Because when we believe on Jesus Christ, his spirit comes to live inside us. And his spirit will start to deal with things in our flesh that are not helping us, but are in fact hurting us. And he'll say, that's not the way to live. And he destroys every yoke of bondage and everything that Satan means for our harm. Can you say hallelujah? For God so loved the world he gave 
His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. And Romans 5 verse 1 explains peace with God. It says this. Read it aloud with me. Come on. Use your best voice. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's a difference between peace with God and then what Paul writes to the Colossians in chapter 3 verse 15 when he says, let the peace of God rule your hearts. In fact, let's look at Colossians 3.15 out of the Amplified Translation. It says, and let the peace, the soul harmony which comes from Christ rule, act as umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ, one body, you are also called to live Now you say, well, pastor, I don't always feel a a peaceful state. Well, folks, when you've got peace with God, it doesn't mean your emotions are always going to feel peaceful. But he says, you're called to live in a peaceful state. So how, if you're not feeling any peace, if you're not experiencing positive emotions, what do you do? He tells us in the next sentence, and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. Sometimes, you know, when you're having a bad day, you just need to find some reasons to give God glory. Sometimes a day can be so bad, you just need to say, Lord, I thank you. I got oxygen in my lungs. I thank you, Lord God, that I can put one foot ahead of the other. I thank you, Lord, that I've got, I've got, I mean, my vision may not be 20-20, but I got some vision. And my hearing may not be perfect, but I can. In fact, my wife always just tells me, tells me clean out your ears, Daryl. Well, I may not hear great, but I thank God for what I can hear. I thank, you know, I may have had too much rock and roll as a kid. I don't know. Too many times, you know, when you start a church, you know, you meet anywhere you can. And I remember many times when we started the church in Illinois, we'd be meeting in elementary schools and in community theaters and in banks. And sometimes you'd set up the PA right behind a brick wall. And that sound would just bounce off the wall and it would get to be a roar after a while. But you know... I can hear and I thank God for it. And sometimes, you know, just giving God thanks. Lord, I give you praise and I give you glory. I give you honor. See, that'll help stabilize your emotions. Now, here's the truth. As you go through life, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you will be your umpire. He'll continually declare peace or or maybe it's the lack of peace. You know, um, when a Christian says, I need to make this decision, but I don't have peace about it. What are they saying? They're not saying I don't have peace with God. They're saying, I don't know if I should go forward with this because I, I don't know that the Holy Spirit is telling me to do it. Or, 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 or sometimes, I mean, the sense of God's peace about doing something can be overwhelming. I mean, just makes you want to laugh. Did you know on our sabbatical, Kathy and I weren't planning to go to Europe. We wanted to, but we had priced it out and it didn't seem to be financially possible. And normally if you're going to go to Europe, you're, you're going to plan it several months in advance. And it was one month before we went on sabbatical. And Kathy looked at me one day and said, Terrell, let's go to England. I said, okay. She says, I just learned that Virgin Atlantic has got a huge sale going on on flights to London in the month of July. Well, I'd never flown Virgin Atlantic, but we looked at it, and it was a great deal. And that very afternoon, her sister called and said, Hey, guys, I've been thinking that you should go to England. 
And she said, Kathy, do you remember? See, back 25 years ago, we got a timeshare with Marriott back when it didn't cost very much. And to be truthful, we're not able to use it a lot because as pastors, we don't take that much time off. And her sister knew that. And she knew that we had points that were accumulating. And we had let the kids use those points to go on their honeymoons and and things like that. And she says, I just did some checking and you've got enough points. You can stay in the Marriott in Grosvenor Square in Westminster in the nicest part of London for free. (laughs) Hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God. And we just had such peace about it. And I'll tell you, we had a ball. We had a ball, had a blast. Many years ago, I, I, I took the pastor of this, this particular church. And in the first month that I was there, a businessman in the church called me and took me to lunch. And he says, I think that it's time for this church to build a building. And he pulled out of his pocket plans for building. And it was really exciting. I mean, he had put a lot of time and effort and had gotten an architect involved and he had these plans and he says, he says, we don't have the money, but I'll be the first to give to the building fund. And he told me how much he was going to give and man, it looked good. And I drove away from there excited. And so I started praying about it. And the more I prayed, the less peace I had. In fact, it was like the Holy Spirit was nowhere around when I prayed. And so I met with him the next week. He says, well, are you ready to take this to the board and announce it to the church? And I said, no. I said, I don't have peace about it. Let me keep praying. And, 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 and six months went by. And every month he was asking me what I thought. And finally, I just, I said, you know, sir, I could get excited in my head, but in my heart, the Holy Spirit has not given me the go-ahead. I don't have peace about this. Well, he got upset and told me what he thought, and he took off, went to another church, took his building plans to them. And, and I was amazed, because in less than a year, they were breaking ground on his building. And, I'm, and I was left thinking, Lord, did I miss you? What happened? Did you know that 18 months after he brought that plan to me, our economy bottomed out? I mean, it really hit bottom. And every church that had borrowed money because giving went down to churches, every church across the country that had borrowed money and was in a building fund suddenly found themselves in a tough spot having to cut staff, having to trim, 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 trim. It was not the time to be in a building fund. And the church this man had taken his plans to and they had started building. Do you know what? Things really caved in there. Folks, here's what I'm saying to you. The man was a good man. He had good plans. Nothing wrong with that. But you got to listen to the Holy Spirit. Let the peace of Christ, the peace of God, rule your hearts because the Holy Spirit knows things that we don't know about. Now let me tell you this. We do have a team of people. Brother David Tolley, David just waved everybody, sitting right, right back over here. About three months ago, I asked David Tolley if he would head up a team to start look start just examining and looking and praying about and exploring the possibility of us building a gymnasium and a multi-purpose building because because i think that that's in the plan of god for our church we don't have the money for it and we're not going to do it until the holy spirit says to do it but you know what it pays to listen to the holy ghost number two there is a difference between peace in your spirit and peace in your soul 
You say, what are you talking about, Pastor? Well, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's that emotional part of you. Hebrews 4, verse 12. Read this aloud with me. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I want you to note something that the word of God pierces even to the division of soul and spirit. You can go to a psychiatrist, you can go to a psychologist, you can lay on their sofa all day long, 24-7, and they can try to diagnose what's going on in you. You can stare at your belly button till the cows come home, but they will not be able to separate between your soul and your spirit. Because the only thing that separates between our soul and spirit is the Word of God. And that's the reason, one of the reasons we need to go to the Word every single day. Because man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Because not only does the Word of God renew my mind and transform my thinking, it separates my soul from my spirit and helps me realize what's of the Holy Spirit and just, and, and just what's of my emotions. And here's the way it works. The soulish part of you, the soulish part of me, our emotions can get very excited about a decision we made. We can get so excited and, and, and if we're not careful, we can mistakenly think that our excitement about going forward with something is actually God speaking to us and the peace of God when in effect what's happening is we're just excited emotionally. Let me tell you how it works. Here at Evangel, when a couple asks us to perform their wedding, we'll say, sure, but we require a minimum of three premarital sessions together. And one of the reasons we do that is because we're trying to figure out is this couple in love with each other or or are they in love with the idea of being in love? Are they in love with each other? Do they have a love that's going to get them through the tough times? Do they have a love that's going to help them to persevere? Do they have a love that's going to help him to honor her and to put her up on a on a pedestal? Does she have a love that she's going to be able to yield to the authority of God working in him? Do they have a love that's going to help them get through the difficult times? Or are they just infatuated and in love with the idea of romance and in the idea of living happily? ever after. I'll tell you what, I've never known anybody to live happily ever after. I have known couples to get married and have difficulties and go to the cross and go to God and say, God, we don't have the answers. Would you help us? And I've seen God use couples and use others to to help people to get the information they need to be successful in marriage. And I've seen people work through them. Love is blind, but marriage is an eye-opener. And nobody can be your source of joy and energy. 
Don't go through life and say, well, two will become flesh, two will become one flesh. So I must be a 50% and he's a 50%. We'll come together and have 100%. No, no, it's not the way God works. God says, I'm going to take this man who's 100% and this woman who's 100% and they're going to come together and they're going to be 100%. That's the way God's math works. See, and you can't look at your spouse and say, they're the source of my joy. Folks, if Jesus isn't the source of your joy, you're in trouble. Folks, if you don't know the Lord, you'll look to all kinds of things and all kinds of people to support you and build you up. No, it says a husband and a wife both look to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's when he makes your marriage like heaven on earth. Amen? Amen. Folks, in situations where my emotions get overly excited, and, and, and it does happen, I have to prayerfully wait upon the Lord and just hold it before God and say, God, am I making a decision because my emotions are excited, or is this an ex- a decision that's based on what you're saying to do. I, I know when I was a young man, I was just getting ready to graduate from Emmanuel College and I was engaged to marry Kathy. And one of the things her dad had said to me is, son, she's used to being taken well care of. That means that you've got a job of taking good care of her. And I didn't have a job and I was offered a position by Pastor Jimmy Thompson in Greenville, South Carolina. And I was excited about that. And Brother Thompson, they, he actually owned Faith Publishing that was publishing Charisma Magazine and Logos Magazine back in the, in the height of the Charismatic Renewal. He had WGGS Channel 16, a television station in Greenville. And, and, and he had, he had opened the door for me and I was excited and I said yes. I didn't pray about it. And a day or two after I, I agreed to take it, I start getting an uneasiness down inside me. I lost my peace and I lost my joy and I thought, Lord, what's wrong? And I didn't know too much about the leading of the Holy Spirit. But all I know is that when I prayed, I felt bad inside. And this went on for several days. And I finally had to call Brother Jimmy Thompson and say, I'm sorry, Pastor Thompson, but I don't think I should have. I was in God's will to accept this job. I didn't know what I was going to do. I went another month trying to figure out what I was going to do. See, God knows what you're going to do all along. I mean, it doesn't do uh, do us any good to worry and fret because he's already got it under control. God opened the door and ended up working with Pastor George Bass in St. Augustine at Trinity Chapel. And it was a, it was a fantastic thing. And I was able to make sure Kathy never missed a meal and she was able to buy clothes and, 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 and see, God's got it under control. Some of you are frustrated with your job. Some of you are frustrated with your circumstances. Some of you are saying, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm telling you, God's got it under control. You let the peace of God rule your heart and you might as well have fun where you are. Hey. Let me tell you something. It's never going to be perfect. Ooh. Turn to somebody and tell them it's never going to be perfect. So you might as well just go ahead and have a party. You might as well go ahead and just have fun. Glory to God. Amen. Here's the third point. The Bible says there is a peace that passes all Understanding. When you feel yourself in a dark tunnel, 
When you feel the powers of darkness warring against your soul, when feelings of hopelessness and frustration assail you, I want you to know there is a place that you can get in God. You may get there by meditating on His Word. You may get there by, by worshiping Him. You may get there by intercessory prayer. But there's a place that you can get in God where suddenly a peace that passes all understanding will begin to guard your heart and your mind. And it's like God's peace stands between you and every devil of hell and God's peace stands between you and every debt and every difficulty and God's peace stands between you and every enemy and the Bible calls it a peace that passes all understanding Philippians 4 verse 7 read this aloud and loudly with me and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let me tell you something. Often God is speaking, but he's not speaking in words. He's speaking in his peace. Peace is often the voice of God saying, fear not, all is well. Fear not. Don't trust what your eyes are seeing. Don't trust what your ears are hearing. Fear not. I've got it covered. Finally, number four, the Holy Spirit is our guide. Folks, it's very significant that God will guide you through peace down in your heart, peace in your spirit. You know, Kathy and I, I told you last week, we, 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 we going to London was a celebration of our 39th wedding anniversary. And over these 39 years, I've gotten to know her pretty good and she's gotten to know me pretty good. And we can tell when something's wrong. And usually it's like this. Um, Terrell, uh, is everything okay? Uh, has something happened? Uh, are you upset at me? And usually it's like this for me. Hey, Kathy, what did I do wrong? <laughs> Where did I misspeak? Hey, have you ever been walking down the street with somebody and you're talking to them and suddenly you turn and you're talking to air and you look back and your friend stopped, you know, a hundred yards back to look at something and you've just been chattering away. Well, I think that's the way it is in, 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 in our relationship with God being justified by faith. We have peace with God. And then Paul writes in first Corinthians chapter 13, he says, May the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, may the communion of the Holy Spirit be yours. And well, here's what I've noticed is sometimes I can just be going along and I'm talking to God and I look and I, where's God? Where's the Holy Spirit? Where are you? I don't see he's not outside you. He comes to live inside you when you make Jesus your Lord. And so suddenly on the inside, I'll just have a sense, hey, something's not quite right. And I have to stop and take inventory. Did I, what did I do? What's happened? Where did, did, did I speak words of unbelief? Did I something? I'm, not, I'm still saved. I'm, I'm on my way to heaven. Jesus is in me, but I just don't. I just don't sense that peace of God, and I have to go back and and sometimes you know find it. You know, I I, I, I think it's the peace of God or the absence of His peace is how He communicates with us. Shortly after Kathy and I started North Shore Christian Church in in Illinois. Um, we were planning 
to attend a pastor's conference in California, which we loved to go to. We had gone back in the, this was back in the middle 1980s, so a long, long time ago. We used to go to Pastor Jack Hayford's conference in Van Nuys, California every year. And uh, we were planning to go to it. I'd bought our tickets. The church had just gotten off the ground, and it was a step of faith for us to go. But we just, we wanted to go. We had a lot of friends who were planning to meet out there. And it was just, we are looking forward to a good time. And I had hired a new secretary, very first secretary for the church, and she was also our bookkeeper. She had been with us for about a month. And about a week before we were to leave for California, I started getting a sense in my heart that we weren't supposed to go. And I, I just I just couldn't get peace about it. And so I prayed and prayed, and I didn't want to make an emotional decision. I talked to Kathy about it. And we just took a night together. To, and we just worshiped and, 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 and prayed together and read the scripture together. And I still didn't have a peace about going. And so I canceled the flights and I canceled the hotels, called our friends, said we couldn't make it. And the next day I went into the office and I told my new secretary that we weren't going. And to my astonishment, she got mad as fire. She said, you are not listening to God. And she just got so mad. And she got so mad, she ended up throwing her keys down on the desk and stomping off. She says, I'm out of here. She didn't give a two weeks notice. She says, I'm out of here. And I was just left kind of scratching my head like, what just happened? Well, here's what happened. I, I at least had the good sense. We had an accountant look at our books. And we started finding... Remember, the church was only a couple months old. We started finding irregularities. And we would never have known that it had happened if it hadn't been for the Holy Spirit speaking to us saying, don't go see. The Holy Spirit's smart. (laughs) The Holy Spirit knows things that you and I don't know. And, And here's the deal. We, one of our core values is that we are dependent upon the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Everybody hear this really good. Acts 2 is about the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. But the rest of the book of Acts is about the presence of the Holy Ghost. And a lot of people have a power encounter. Yeah, somebody prayed for me and I spoke in tongues. Yeah, I've seen spiritual gifts. Yes. I'm familiar with the power of God. Well, thank God that you're familiar with the power of God, but I hope you go on and start cultivating a relationship with the presence of God. Because He'll walk with you and He'll talk with you and He'll confirm that you're His very own. You'll have a joy unspeakable and full of glory. And when nobody else knows what's going on, you can have a peace that passes all understanding. And, 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 and the truth is this. The moment you got born again, God filled you with His fruit. I used to think that, that the fruit of the Spirit was something we had to grow in. That we had to grow in love and joy and peace and long suffering and goodness and meekness and temperance and faithfulness. But here's the truth. You had the fruit of the Spirit placed in you when Jesus came to live in your heart. When the Holy Spirit came to live inside you. And, and you just need to act like you got some love. You and I just need to act like we got some peace. We just need to act like we got some joy. Just, just, you know, Paul wrote to the Philippians. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He said it again. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, why did he say that again? Because they didn't believe it the first time. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord. You and I've got a choice in everything that happens. 
no matter how good it is or how bad it is, we can choose to rejoice because you've got joy down on the inside of you if you know the Lord Jesus. And if you don't, you need to give your heart today to Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, Norman Andrea, come on up. Hallelujah. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. And so I just want you to look at me for a minute, and I want to ask you that question. Do you have peace with God? Is it well with your soul? Do you have peace with God? Do you know that your sins are forgiven? Do you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ? What's going on? In your heart. Remember we said that the gospel can be summarized in five simple statements. Let's look at those again. Number one, God became a man in Christ Jesus. God came to us. Christianity is not about you being good enough to get to God. But it's number one, recognizing, hey, God has come to me in the form of Jesus Christ. Number two, Jesus lived on this earth the life that we all should live because God wants us to keep his moral law, and yet we can't do it. Oh, we may make resolutions and say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But the truth is that you can't do it by yourself because you've got a sin nature And you need the Holy Spirit to wipe that sin nature away. You need God not only to forgive you, but to set you free from the power of sin. Number three, we said Jesus died the death that we all should die. Because I deserve death and hell. I deserve eternity separated from God. I don't deserve all the good things that God has given me in Christ Jesus. Salvation is a gift. It's a gift. Jesus took our place on a Roman cross. Number four, we said that Jesus rose from the dead. That proves that he is God. We've got a living hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do you have that living hope today? Come on. Come on. Do you have that living hope today? Number five, Jesus Christ offers salvation to everybody who will repent and believe. And repent means we turn. We turn away from sin. But we also turn away from trusting ourselves to save ourselves. We turn away from thinking that we're saved because we're good people. We turn away from thinking, hey, I'm saved because I don't do this and I don't do that. Folks, we're saved because we trust the shed blood of Jesus Christ as the full payment for our sins. We're not saved by our own righteousness because our own righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags. Today, God will save you. He'll fill you with his presence. He'll fill you with his power. He'll fill you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Everybody just bow your heads, please. Nobody talking, nobody moving right now. Just bow your heads. If you say, Terrell, today, I need the grace of God in my life. I want to make Jesus Christ my King and my Lord. I want to trust the shed blood of Jesus Christ as the full payment for my sins. If that's where you are today, just just lift your hand. Just lift your hand and and keep it up until I see it. Say, that's me today. Now, look me in the eye. Look me in the eye, guys. Look me in the eye. Say, today's the day. Yes, look me in the eye. Today's your day. 
Anybody else? Today's the day. I want to know that I know that my sins are forgiven. I want to know that I know that my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Anybody else? Anybody else? It's appointed unto man once to die and after death the judgment. You don't want to go into eternity not knowing Jesus Christ. Today is the day. Today's the day. Anybody else all across this house? Anybody else? I'm going to ask us all to stand, if we will. As we're standing, the members of the altar team are coming. Altar team members are coming, and if you'd like to receive prayer, we want to pray with you. We want to bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I have, I know it's summertime, we may have some altar team members that that aren't here. Jerry, can you come and help us today? Brother JB, do you feel up to helping us? He has just turned 86 years of age. Amen. If you, if you feel up to it, come and help us today. I talked to him yesterday, said happy birthday, and he says, well, son, you never talked to me when I was 14 years away from being 100. <laughs> Glory to God. If you raised your hand saying, I want to know that I know that my sins are forgiven. I encourage you to come down here and just tell one of these people, say, I prayed with, with, with well, I raised my hand and I want to pray a prayer. Would you pray a prayer with me that I can know that my sins are forgiven? Maybe that you'd like to be prayed for for healing. Maybe you'd like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've got other things going on in your life. We want to pray for you as we close this service. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.